0: Our scripture reading today is from 2 Peter chapter 3. Let's say together a prayer as we prepare to hear the word. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 15a. But do not ignore this one fact beloved that with the lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like one day the lord is not slow about his promise as some think of slowness but is patient with you not wanting any to perish but all to come to repentance but the day of the lord will come like a thief And then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness? Waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved, and the elements will melt with fire." But, in accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth, where righteousness is at home. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace, without spot or blemish, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you guys here, and also good to see you at home. I have to admit that this is quite an unusual text for Advent. Uh, would anyone else agree with me? I, when I first saw this uh, lectionary text, I was like, Interesting. Let's see what we can do with it and what God has planned. I want to start with um, some background information about this scripture and uh, what was happening around this time. Peter was at the end of his life when this was written, and the emperor was um, persecuting Christians quite heavily at this time. And uh, Christians actually thought that Jesus' return was going to happen in their lifetime, and actually really soon. So what was happening was that these Christians were actually being made fun of for thinking in this way. And the people listening to Peter's preaching on this text, they were yearning for God to come and intervene on their behalf. They were yearning for change and for Jesus' return and to prove everyone wrong. They were probably asking themselves questions like, Is Jesus ever going to get here? Is this ever going to end? And why is God taking so long? When I started thinking about these questions, I I realized, like, this is quite similar to how we are feeling right now. These are some of the same questions that we find ourselves asking. Why is God taking so long? We're in a season of questioning right now, Advent, but also a pandemic, a pandemic during Advent. Who would have thought we would have been here? But you see, it's actually quite suiting in this regard because Advent is about waiting. Advent is a season of waiting, waiting for Christmas and the birth of Christ, but also waiting for Jesus' return again, the second Advent. Advent. So we are constantly, if you think about that, in a season of waiting. We should constantly be thinking about being in a season of waiting. But what does a season of waiting mean? Well, I think that when we have to wait for something, a lot of us start with an expectation. We kind of ask ourselves, will it be worth the end result. Will this waiting be worth it? We have an expectation of the end result, of what will come, what is to come. I also think that waiting brings a response. We ask ourselves, what should I be doing during this waiting? What do I need to do while I wait? You see, when we wait for something, we start to have expectations. And sometimes we try to do something while we're waiting, but maybe it's just not the right thing that we actually need to do. And sometimes these expectations, they get so high that when our reality comes and what we're waiting for actually happens, it leaves us disappointed, frustrated, sad, and sometimes a little bit lost. So what people ought we to be? That question was in the scripture. What people ought we to be? How should we behave and how should we spend this season of waiting, this Advent season? Well, first I wanna say that we need to accept that our concept of time is limited. We might think we know what time is, we have all the watches and the phones and the gadgets and the timers and the countdown clocks in the back, but we actually have such a limited scope of what time is. And the only one who knows what time truly is, is God. And we can only hope to understand God's timing if our faith aligns with Him. But this is a strong concept for us to get wrapped around our heads. So we need to first acknowledge that we do not understand God's timing all the time. I mean, what if we waited all year for Christmas Day to arrive? This is a real thing, especially as kids. If you remember as children the anticipation of Christmas Day. It was my favorite. We woke up at like 4 or 5 a.m., much to my parents' displeasure. (laughs) But what if we waited all year for Christmas Day? You know, the food and the family, the presents, just gathering together, the Christmas carols, the singing, the trees and the lights, everything that we think of when we think of Christmas. If we waited all year for this day to arrive, and it never did, How would that leave us feeling? You know, I'm going to say right now, church, there are people who aren't getting Christmas this year. There are people who aren't getting the Christmas that they wanted, that they expected, that they get. Maybe you're one of them. Maybe you had plans to go somewhere. Or maybe you spend Christmas every year with family, and you cannot. This is our reality right now. Christmas may not exist to some people in the way that they had expected. Are we disappointed? Are we sad? So let me ask you this really important question. Did we wait well this year? Did we wait well this year? And how do we wait well? Waiting well means we don't just sit around and do nothing and wait for whatever it is to be over. Waiting well actually means that we must actively be living holy and peaceful lives in this world, living as though the kingdom has already been fulfilled every single day. This calling is not just about time or a particular season, it's about a way of being. So like any good Nazarene preacher, as Pastor Stu likes to mention at least once a week, I have three ways on which we can wait well. Amen to that, three points, no more no less. You see, waiting well means being patient. Patient. Verse 15 says, regard the Lord's patience as salvation. It doesn't say our salvation, it says salvation. Regard the Lord's patience as salvation. The reason for delay, hear me out, is because of mercy. The reason for delay is because of mercy. It's not about expectation. It's about faithfulness. You see, what looks to us like delay and hesitance on God's part is actually patience to God. Patience because God wants every single person to be saved. Universal salvation. Who thought I'd be preaching that on Advent? Every single soul. Verse 9 says, The Lord is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Wow. That's a message of hope and joy and peace and love. The Greek word actually used here for patience is maclerothymia, and I apologize to anybody in Australia watching from my old church, but I think I pronounced it maclerothymia. They taught me this word. So I got it direct from the source, all right? So many times, <laughs> what this means is it's, it's, it's hard sometimes to translate a word, but it means more than patience. It actually means I'm postponing my worries and wrath longer. Ooh, that's a pretty heavy word. I'm postponing my worries and wrath Longer. You see, the Lord is patiently, willingly, and happily, may I add, postponing His wrath and waiting for everyone to come to salvation. That is the definition of patience. Can we postpone our worries? You see, this is a message of His mercy and grace and love. And what a message it is. And I got to say, patience isn't easy, right? We've all been there. I'm assuming we've all been there. It's a constant battle of emotions. It's, a, it's I mean, so many times in my life, I've lost my patience. And you know, every time I pray for more patience, do you know what happens? I don't know if you guys have clued in on this or not yet in your lives. But anytime you ask for more patience... Almost immediately, there's something or someone that tests your patience. Every single time it's happened to me, almost immediately. I go, Lord, please just give me a little bit more patience. And then boom, right there. And I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing. I'm not going to speak more on patience because I actually have a whole sermon on patience that maybe one day you'll get to hear. (laughs) But it is a tough thing for us to wrap our heads around. But we need to Pray for it, even though it will bring testing. We need to pray for patience and expect that our patience be tested. It will happen. Waiting well means being holy and godly. Man, you thought these were going to get easier. Verse 11 says, leading lives of holiness and godliness. And you know, the word godliness here, it doesn't just mean a relationship we have with God. It's not just the vertical relationship, but it's also the relationship we have with others around us. This is what this word godliness means. It's if, if the Lord is waiting patiently, willingly, happily for everyone to come to salvation and wants everyone to be saved, then shouldn't we want the same thing? Shouldn't we want the same things as God? Should we not wait in the same way? See, we are called to a saintly living, which means that our lives should be such that our communion and relationship with God is a witness and testimony to everyone around us. This is saintly living. And let me ask, do we live in this way? Do we live in a way that our lives... Actually, reflect God and bring people closer to Him. And I'm not just talking about, like, you know, Bible bashing or tricking someone to come to service one Sunday. But have you ever noticed someone noticing your faith without you saying a word, without you pointing your own faith out? Has that ever happened? I once heard this analogy of, um, that we are made in the image of God, but that we are actually mirrors. And what are mirrors? I find it interesting to think in that way because mirrors, they don't bend in on themselves and reflect themselves. They're reflecting something outside of themselves. And you know, as a mirror, as a reflection, as an image of God that we are created in, we are called to reflect God himself. We are called to be reflections of him, of his goodness, his faithfulness, his patience, his love. Being a living and walking testimony of Jesus and reflecting who he is. Leading lives of holiness and godliness is about this, about reflecting the image of Christ. Whew, I gotta say, that's not an easy job. The other day, well, the other week or the other month, I can't keep track of time anymore. We got some new neighbors in our building, underneath us, because we live in a condo building. And uh, they um, continue to complain to us about our heavy footsteps. And Marty, being a puppy, has little tic-tacety claws on wood floor. So one day they came and they complained to us again at our door. And I just kind of lost it. I responded in a not-so-gracious way, probably by the tone of my voice more than the words that I exhibited. And I got to say, all day I was just running through it in my mind and going, well, they certainly weren't seeing anything close resembling Jesus right there. So I went and I apologized, even though I was in the right. Can we be honest? (laughs) I still went and apologized because I felt like I'm not reflecting God very well right now. They are not going to see Jesus in my life in this way. You know, waiting well also means, and this is the third one, living in peace. Living in peace. One way we can live in peace as a people waiting for Christ's return is to listen to the message of peace. You know, Jesus himself is called the Prince of Peace, and and Christmas is actually, the message is peace on earth. We hear that all the time right now. He preached peace while walking on this planet. And we read that the peacemakers will be the children of God. So if Jesus' birth signified peace on earth, then his second coming will also make everything whole and complete. A whole new peace. So the message for us, as I like to call ourselves, are we're in-betweeners. You know, we're in this constant season of waiting. So the message for us as in-betweeners is also a message of peace. Jesus is peace, and we are given his peace, but we are also called to not only keep it, but to give it as well. And we can do this through humility and patience and love. Loving God and loving others is a way and is the heart of living at peace. And this means that peace isn't passive. It's an active, living peace that we must use every day. It connects us to God's patience and helps us lead holy and godly lives. So peace. I don't know about you, but the only people I've known in my life who have truly been at peace, they tend to be quite older. One example is my grandmother. She's 95 years old, and she was born during the Depression, lived through the Second World War, lived through, I mean, if you knew her story, of her childhood, it was rough. It was rough. She married young, had children young, had seven. lot back-to-back. My mom is the baby. And um, lost her husband to cancer quite young. Was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis in her 40s to the point now where her hands and her feet are so deformed she can't use them. And yet she's the most peaceful person I've ever met in my life. Sometimes I would just sit in her presence because I just want that peace to like envelop me. And I'd ask her, why are you so at peace? You're in constant pain You've lost the love of your life decades ago. You've also lost some children. You've seen the horrors of this world, and yet you still hope. You see, she was content with her life, even in all the darkness. She never wanted more. And she would spend hours just basking in the Lord's word and in his presence. And when she felt frustrated, she would tell me, like, I just look up to the sky and go, all right, Lord, you take over now. You see, being at peace for her, it was a lifetime of knowing God, diving deeper into him, his presence, his word, in prayer. And now she just waits to go home into his arms. That's beautiful. I gotta say, I'm at peace just knowing that. Knowing that she's at peace. Knowing that peace is obtainable with God's help. And you know, yeah, we do have to wait sometimes. But have you ever thought that God is also waiting? God waits for us. Remember what I said, that, that he wants to save everyone. He wants to give the chance to everyone. And the fire mentioned in these verses isn't a fire of condemnation or destruction. It's a fire for refinement. This fire is refining us to be what we were originally created to be, reflections of him. And he will wait for as long as it takes for this to happen. So, waiting well ultimately means being kingdom people. Have we heard this phrase before? Being kingdom people. We should exhibit patience and understand that God's patience is mercy, and we should also desire mercy. We are to be holy and align our lives with the Holy Spirit, seeking goodness in our homes, neighborhoods, cities, and world. We need to seek peace and find contentment and wholeness in our lives and in our communities. So you see, there's a spiritual maturity in waiting well. So let me ask again, are we waiting well? Are we waiting well? And we must understand that we are not waiting for an end. We're not waiting for fire to burn everything. We're not waiting for the end of COVID. We're not waiting for Christmas to come. We're waiting patiently for the sake to imitate God, so that we can understand his timing and salvation for all. Our theology is one of patiently waiting. We are an Advent people. We are to emulate our Lord, and let me tell you, Advent is a perfect time for this. I mean, do we listen to the voices of the world on what Christmas should be? Or do we listen to God and what he says it should be, what our focus should be? What sort of people ought we to be? We are, like I said, Advent people living in this tension, this in-between of celebrating the first Advent and the coming of the birth of Christ and the second Advent, which is his return. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He will bring peace. And he brings peace wherever his presence is. Are we at peace with the current circumstances? Are we at peace with God's timing? You see, we're so used to getting things. I like to joke around that we are an instant culture. You know, we love things to be very quick. Fast food, you know, all these do-it-yourself five-minute hacks and this or that, the videos online. We like things in our time. And no one really likes to wait very long. If there's a long queue and a drive-through, you tend to skip it. Am I right? No one wants to wait, even five minutes. It's, It's tough. It's tough. And you see the temptation, especially right now, is to rush to Christmas Day. But advent is where we are called to slow down and wait. It's during a pandemic that we are called to slow down and wait. It's not the time for despair, but for waiting. It's not the time of frustration, but of God's patience. It's not the time for fire and condemnation, but salvation. It's a time for refining. This is a time of a grace-filled invitation. Are we accepting it? Are we inviting others? Good news needs to be proclaimed during Advent and especially this Advent. God's patience is mercy, and we ought to rejoice in that. This is God's gracious way of saying that generation after generation after generation, it doesn't matter what, there is still time. It's not too late. I love these verses from Ezekiel 18. It starts in verse 23. It says, Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked, says the Lord God? And not rather that they should turn from their ways and live? Yet you say, the way of the Lord is unfair. Hear now, O house of Israel, is my way unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed against me, and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone says the Lord God. Turn then and live. Turn then and live. What people ought we to be? We are to be kingdom people, waiting well. We are to have patience. Practical way to do this is to pray for it, but expect to be tested We are to live holy and godly lives, and this is not easy, and it sometimes seems unfair. But we are called to more in this life, and this means sometimes apologizing, even when we weren't wrong. And we are to have and give peace. Learning to live in peace can take a lifetime, yes. But let's remind ourselves of the people in our lives that exhibit this peaceful living. What was their outlook on life? How did they live or how did they live? And relate it back to Jesus. How did Jesus emulate and exude peace? And how can we do the same? Lisa's artwork is beautiful in that when you look at it, you can't help but think of peace. Waiting, in peace. So let us wait patiently. Let us wait in hope. Let us lead lives of holiness and godliness and let us turn then and live in peace. God bless you.